0: The Cambridge Film Show on Cambridge 105 Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to today's Cambridge Film Show. We have lots of discussion on the latest films to be hitting the big and small screens. We may be recording on April Fool's Day, but I can assure you that today's show is no joke. We've got some fantastic reviewers who are going to be reviewing the following films. Dungeons & Dragons, Honour Among Thieves, John Wick Chapter 4, Tetris, Infinity Pool, Murder Mystery 2 and Perfect Addiction. I'm your host today, my name is Yosi Osman, and joining me around the table, we've got Mark Walsh. Well, hello. Hello. Stuart Pask. Hello. Henry Jordan. Hello. Simon West. Hello. And Matt Taylor.
0: Hi there.
1: So, let's get cracking. We're going to start off today with some Dungeons and Dragons.
0: On your knees.
1: Okay, chop it off.
2: Chop it off. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know what? I'm thinking they're probably sharper stairs somewhere else. We're thieves, but we helped the wrong person steal the wrong thing and unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known.
2: The Red Wizards created an army of the undead. Sounds lovely. Quite the opposite.
3: I know I was being ironic. I find irony is a blade that cuts he who wields it most especially.
1: You're not a lot of fun, are you? How are we going to pull this off? So, our first film today is an adaptation of the very famous role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. This film, Dungeons & Dragons, Honour Among Thieves, Um, is about a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers who embark on an epic quest to retrieve a long-lost relic, but their charming adventure goes dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Now, I'm actually going to start this with an open question. Anyone can jump in. I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. Has anybody here played it?
0: Played a long time ago.
1: Played a long time ago. Okay, so, Mark, you've played it. Are you a massive fan of the game?
2: Well, I mean, to tell you how much I knew about Dungeons & Dragons, when I played at school nearly 40 years ago, they asked me what job I wanted, and I had no idea, so I said unemployed. This was my my only point of reference. Um, And I certainly had fun playing it, but I think the fact I'm not playing it 40 years later probably tells you how much I enjoyed it. Uh, So I, I, I probably come to this as a reasonable novice. But I think a lot of the audience will as well. Yes. You know, So many of us will have seen Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. You know, We're used to these fantasy-style properties, but not necessarily to this one. So to succeed, this needs to be able to, to also satisfy the casual viewer as well as ticking all the geek boxes for those yeah, Dungeons & Dragons fanatics. I think it does. I think it's a pretty successful jaunt. It does get a little bogged down at the beginning. There's lots of dialogue about we must get the flag from the Flubin' Joff and, and you know... There's people who have job titles that, even having seen the film, I don't know exactly what they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Never mind having played Dungeons & Dragons 40 years ago. But uh, once it's settled into its groove, its rhythm, it really just has a lot of fun. And what more can you want from a sort of pre-summer blockbuster than that, frankly?
1: Fabulous. Simon, that's the word that keeps coming to me, is fun. This film just looks like a lot of fun. Did you enjoy it, having also played the game yourself?
0: Um, yeah, I think fun was the first word that I used on the uh, group chat afterwards, you know, it was a lot of fun, because it is, um, it's simple, it doesn't go into too much lore or depth, but it's nice to know that it's in a world which has been lived in, and if you wanted to, you can look up the backstory of every little creature that flicks through the screen in for a few minutes, but you didn't need to, um, it just happily threw whatever it needed on the screen at the time um, and it just kind of fit in it didn't try and there wasn't too much law dump it didn't you didn't need to know the full history because you knew it was there and it just presumed that you didn't need to know because you don't need to know the full history of most things in the films and that's one yes. problem where a lot of fancy films too get bogged down in um, I mean the characters Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez especially was absolutely fantastic It really felt like the fun side of Dungeons & Dragons, for somebody who does do the role playing and does watch Critical Role and has seen lots of other things where it keeps getting more and more popular in the culture. People think, oh you just want to be a mighty wizard and take it seriously or something like that. No, role playing is the fun thing. You get around to the friends, you have a laugh, none of it's serious, none of it in here is serious. there are a few quite touching parts in it. You like the characters, you feel for, and what happens, but the film doesn't take it seriously. I think the writer, um was it John Francis daly who did mm-hmm. Game Night and quite a few other things, is he? I'm, I'm guessing it's a massive D and D fan,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's a great improvement on what's gone before. I must admit, I am slightly partial to the 2000 D and D film. I did see it several <laughs> times. I did quite like it, but it's not a good film. Where this, it's fine. It's fine. you know, it's fun.
1: It sounds like to you, then it's it struck that right balance of being faithful to the source so, material. I mean, so
0: many Easter eggs. It's faithful. Yeah. It didn't take itself too seriously. Um, you know, I went out on Friday night, had a great time watching it.
1: Fabulous, Matt. I've I've, I've seen a lot of people talking about the humour in this film, and actually, this could just be billed as as a comedy. Were you laughing when you watched it?
4: Absolutely. What I think this film really gets right is the tone. Because ultimately, what Dungeons and Dragons is, is a bunch of people sat around a table trying to tell a story together. And generally, the format would be you have one dungeon master who's kind of running the narrative, and some number of players, probably four is maybe the typical number. And that's what you can see in this. You've got the four central party members who mm-hmm. each get to do their little bit of introduction backstory. And then they go on adventures and they meet characters along the way. Some characters might stay in the party for a little bit. Some you just see for a scene. But it's, yeah, a group of people getting together to tell a story and have some fun whilst taking the story seriously enough that it's not a spoof, but still maintaining that fun tone. The performances are all brilliant. Chris Pine we just saw a quote that it 's the most Chris Pine performance Chris Pine has ever done, which is absolutely true. He plays what does
1: that mean <laughs> he he 's just
4: sort of playing the charismatic, reluctant hero mm-hmm. just absolutely perfectly like i mean he, he's we we open with Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez in jail, but uh you know that chris Pine's a good guy deep yeah. down i mean the The opening is one of the particular high points for me in a in a film packed with high points. But, but also the plot is strangely inconsequential. Even though I think it's all a series of high points, you could cut any of them out and you wouldn't necessarily lose anything from the overall narrative. Yeah. And that's why I think it makes sense as a Dungeons & Dragons movie because you can imagine each individual incident being a separate session that these people have got together to play.
1: Yeah.
4: And even if someone couldn't make it, that character could easily not be there for that session and the story overall wouldn't really change overall absolutely brilliant movie even if you don't know dungeons and dragons you'll have a great time
1: fab okay Stuart, i'll come to you. just looking at the cast, we've talked about chris pine we've got michelle rodriguez reggie john page who people might recognize from Bridgerton. how do they all work to together as a team
5: i think it's some really interesting casting i think there's a lot of people that i haven't seen on the screen together before You you might imagine well you might struggle to imagine a world where uh, Chris Pine might be cast alongside Hugh Grant but Hugh Grant has been cast in some very unusual roles of late and he's been absolutely owning those roles as far as I'm concerned so to see him playing uh, the sort of a con man character in in this film who ultimately is the main sort of protagonist or a sub protagonist um, it was really interesting to see him to come into a sort of a sort of a villainous role. but I, I I really enjoyed watching that Chris Pine. I mean, even the even some of the trailers have said that this is the most sort of Chris Pine role that Chris Pine has ever been cast in, and um, that is very true. He sort of it, 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 that there's even a line in the film taking the Mickey at the size of his lips, <laughs> so, and that comes I guess from uh, Michelle Rodriguez. So it's got some good humor in there too. Um, Michelle Rodriguez playing Holger the Barbarian again. I really enjoyed that sort of that casting there. she really got to sort of play that really powerful female role, and you see that those sorts of characters come a lot when people are creating their own characters in Dungeons and Dragons in the actual table to- in, in, in the game. Um, I don't think I've seen Justice Smith in much before, but I really enjoyed his performance as Simon as the sort of um unknowing wizard <laughs> um, but uh yeah. It was really good fun, and Sophia Lillis uh, playing Doric um, as well. Really enjoyed that as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to uh, shout out Sophia Lillis. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the best thing in the It movies that came out recently, so yeah. I've been looking forward to seeing what she did next. And she, she seemed kind of been ignored, I think, in all the pre publicity, despite being one of the party. I've not seen her name on any of the posters, or videos, or trailers, but she was absolutely fantastic the character um one of my favorites
5: yeah, her, her character ended up sort of that they they do a i think a thing called wild form. her character is a is it not a druid is it it's, it's a, a druid it's a druid, druid, tiefling. druid for tiefling for those <laughs> who
0: do play d home. Yes,
5: there we go well we'll try not to get too nerdy um, about the background but um there yeah, she sort of plays a lot of roles there's a lot of cgi around her character yeah. with some good humor and some good action around that as well so that's really enjoyable as well mm.
4: If we're going to be critical, just to be the bad guy, Um, does it need to be two hours and 15 minutes? I mean, when when I saw the length of this, I saw 134, I thought, oh, 94 minutes. No, 134 minutes. I personally enjoyed every one of those. But then looking back on it, you think, well, actually most of the plot is just inconsequential. Fun, but inconsequential. But does, does, I does that mean,
1: matter, I... that the plot is inconsequential? It, it, it sounds like this is just a bit of a ride and quite, and, and that's is all it, that matters. It's doing. a lot of
0: good set pieces put together. I mean, I complain all the time and I will be later about um, <laughs> running times. <laughs>
1: Spoiler!
0: <laughs> running, running times in films, but to be honest, this did not feel long. It's just a touch over two hour, you know, two hours, if you take the credits and everything. It's not like two hours fifty of uh, John is coming up (laughs) um but no i didn't feel the running time at all but i must admit the special effects were a little bit cheaper than normal um than the film you'd expect from here and it's probably we've been saving a bit of money but when there's so much special effects in each scene it, Mm -hmm. it was functional and fine um, I must say, I did say last week that, of course, if a film ever has a dragon in it, you have to go and see it. So again, this has got several dragons. You have to see it, mm-hmm. and the same goes for owl bears. <laughs> uh, and there are
2: dungeons as well. So we, we're ticking all the boxes. Wow, the title. we've got and dungeons
1: thieves. and dragons and thieves and honour.
2: Uh, there, there is a certain amount of honour. Okay. People are aspiring to honour. I would say, for me, that the thing that surprised me most about this is all the bits which probably shouldn't have worked but do. Uh, I went to my old village Panto last night, and there are certain sequences in this. There's one where they're having to resurrect people. They get to ask them five questions before they then die again. And it's utterly silly comedy, and it shouldn't work. It should just be cheesy and horrible. And I was laughing out loud. I, I was completely sucked in. Uh, so all those bits that shouldn't work do... But then lots of bits which could fail in the wrong hands. There's, there's pretty much every character gets their own individual action sequence. Uh, and the one with um, uh, uh, Sphere, Doric's character, uh, this sort of single tracking shot, she's changing into various animals and running through different buildings. Uh, again, the, the director's clearly knowing how to make what they've got work. So, you know, it, there's not many missed opportunities here.
5: I think um, given how well the film is reviewing at the moment and, and the general um, vibe the audience are having around this at the moment, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is, is game for a sequel. Um, and I would very much I champion I was just that. about
1: to ask that question, yeah. Stuart. Yeah,
5: sorry. They'll be back. They'll be yeah. back. But I, I think at the same time, I think it's a really important time for Dungeons & Dragons as a franchise. I mean, um, there was recently a high-profile no, high-profile, in-gaming circles, um, legal spat with uh, Hasbro, who own Wizards of the Coast, who own Dungeons & Dragons. Um, they were about to do a whole really controversial change to the way their licensing model works, which had the fan base up in arms. Unfortunately, they U-turned. So, that had that happened just before this film's release, I imagine there would have been a lot of um, backlash and a lot of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, people would have been... They wouldn't go and see it. They would boycotted Boycotted. Boycott boycott thank you very much i was lost the word um, they would have boycotted it and it perhaps wouldn't have done as well as it's doing now so that i think was an excellent choice by them so the film hasn't been impacted by that and and, and also there's a whole wealth of media out there at the moment in podcasting and fan base circles about dungeons and dragons at the moment and there's loads of other content if you want to go and find out more about dungeons and dragons that you can go and find before
1: or after seeing the film But it sounds like from everybody around this table, I mean, I haven't seen it, but you've pretty much sold it to me. So I think this is a resounding yes, go see Dungeons and Dragons, Honour Among Thieves. It is showing at cinemas across Cambridgeshire and it is a Certificate 12A. Next up, and I have a feeling I know what Simon thinks about this film, but it's time to turn to John Wick, Chapter 4. This hit goes out to you,
2: Mr Wick.
3: 42 regular,
2: wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got got
2: Challenge him to
3: single combat. If you win, you'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I gonna take what I want, so. Amen. Yeah.
1: So, the fourth instalment of the popular John Wick franchise. It's directed by Chad Stahelski, and it stars Keanu Reeves as the titular John Wick, a professional hitman and assassin who has gained a legendary reputation for his set of skills and is now hunted by the high table. With the price on his head ever increasing, John Wick takes his fight against the high table global as he seeks out the most powerful players in the underworld from New York to Paris to Japan to Berlin so i guess i should have to start with the the running time because simon's already mentioned it this film i think is close to three hours long if i'm right matt i'll start with you i don't know if you're a big fan of the john wick films if you've seen all of them but how how does it how did it go with that lengthy running time
4: it's just completely unnecessary i mean from my perspective john Wick. I think the first one came out in 2013, 2014, in my mind as a sort of reaction to the bornification of action films, a sort of response to the quick cuts, jumpy camera, chaotic, can't see what's going on style of filmmaking that there was in that sort of era. And then John Wick comes out and it's just Keanu Reeves, he's got a dog, gangsters kill it and he kills them. And it's great, and it was, it was you know, really fun, a great antidote to what was currently being done with action movies then. But then we get John Wick Chapter 2, and it's kind of more of the same, but there's a bit more of the world building in terms of boring stuff about the high table and markers and just nonsense. And then there's even more of that in John Wick 3, and now we've got even more of the nonsense in John Wick 4. I mean, the, the action scenes are great, obviously. But there's just so much standing around in big rooms while people in suits stand with their arms crossed and people are talking about honor and family and you, or you've got to get a crest and then you can challenge him to a duel. And then I was like, what, what is this? Come on, what is this? Uh, I, I was quite bored until there's an action scene and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, John Wick's just jujitsu'd this guy and shot him in the head. And then he's done it to 50 more guys and it's, it's still pretty cool, but it's just the same thing over and over again. It's Going back to what I said about Dungeons & Dragons, the problem, I think, is tone. This is silly. It's about a secret society of assassins trying to kill each other. It's silly. We don't want to just be standing around <laughs> with a straight face talking about silly things that don't matter. Someone needs to have some fun. There are brief moments of fun, but nowhere near enough to sustain the almost three hours.
1: Right. Okay. Henry, so I actually i am I'm quite a big fan of the John Wick films. I haven't seen this one. I've seen the first three, though, and I quite enjoy them. Does this one offer anything new at all? Well, I think
3: technically probably not, but, you know, if we film only has seven stories total and yada yada, it is just kind of, like Matt said, it is plot and then it is action. But I just think that it feels very special. I've enjoyed all the John Wick films as well. I've kind of seen them all around the time they each came out and haven't really revisited, revisited them. Um But this just felt really special for me. It's like that perfect mix of kind of serious, but like slightly kind of wink in the eye uh, world building where someone kind of stands around and goes, the ways are changing, Mr. Wick. It's all not the way that it used to be. And then Kiana goes, yeah. (laughs) And then it goes into the greatest action scenes you've like, ever seen. because I
1: was going to say, I mean, the the action scenes in the John Wick films, they're quite famous for being really well choreographed and exciting to watch. Oh,
3: these, like, these are on a level that even embarrass the other films. There is, like, there's a series of action scenes and you go, oh, wow, that was incredible. I mean, that's the highlight of the film for me. And then five minutes later, you have a new highlight of the film. The entire final sequence in Paris, which is, I don't even know how long, it just... Goes from strength to strength to strength. I had to like physically restrain myself from kind of like getting up in my chair and like punching the air. I, I mean, look, I know Matt doesn't like the running time, and I know what Simon's about to say as well. I could have done another three hours. Oh, of this. what? I just <laughs> loved every second of it. It's the best video game adaptation ever made, and that video game doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> wow. Praise from Henry over there. Unfortunately, I'm now turning to <laughs> Simon. Um, now, before before you start, you hadn't actually seen any of no. the John... Oh, you had?
0: I'd seen all the John Wick films. In fact, I re rewatched oh, all re-watched of them, them the week before. So I was fully up to speed on what little plot and story and continuity there was. In case right. I missed anything, it still which still jumps around a bit. Um, my main problem comes back to, you know, John Wick was... A perfect film it's absolutely brilliant 90 odd minutes it's action you get what you do famously he kills 50 people in John Wick um, in revenge for killing his dog in John Wick 4 he killed 50 people in the first fight um, sometimes I wish the directors realized that less is more when you get the first big fight sequence and I just got bored halfway through and just so many people come back and fight and there's so many in it. it's like where are they getting all these men from which is a theme throughout the entire film is where are all these henchmen coming from just to get killed again and again and again um and that actually you know reduces the enjoyment of the films you've seen it all before mm-hmm. um the some of the choreography is fine but it's like they have to do every little idea it's like they're improvising on the floor it's like oh, but if you punch me this way, it also looks good, so I'll do that as well, and Mm. that as well, and you start losing it. Um, Which meant after about two hours, I was starting to fall asleep, which is, I shouldn't fall asleep at two hours, because at that point, I do have to admit, there are two of the finest action sequences I have seen in decades. The choreography, the jaw opening, you know, jaw dropping, sitting there going... I don't even know how they filmed this or came up with it or did it. The choreography, the fight scenes are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then, and as Henry says, five minutes later, they top it again with something completely different that is more out like of a video game, but absolutely wonderful to see on the screen. And then you've got the finale, which I think other people may enjoy more than me. I thought they were pushing it a third time with Cage pushing it, but I know a lot of people do appreciate it. So it's a mix. I mean... It's some of the best cinema, action cinema I've ever seen. I just wish I didn't have to wait two hours to get to it.
1: Okay, that's interesting. So, Mark, I think you've seen this as well, so just get your take on it, where you sit. Are you at Henry levels or are you at Simon levels?
2: (laughs) Uh, On the the spectrum of Simon to Henry, I am much more at the Henry end
1: than the Simon end. (laughs) So...
2: Uh, and for me uh, yeah, I'm not going to question Simon's life choices but watching all four of them in a week I think may have in some way contributed to actually fatigue by the time you get to this one um, but at the same time uh, I don't think it's a bad idea because I sat down to watch this I had no idea what's going on and I've seen the first three but they, because there's nothing to them they don't reside in the memory in any way shape mm-hmm. or form yeah, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say uh, because it happened in the previous film that at the beginning Keanu Reeves has only got nine fingers and I was like I've clearly seen that happen, but I have no memory of it. So on that basis, Simon made absolutely the right choice to try and at least make sure he knew what was going on, because there's always the risk some of these things will be important. Ultimately, the action scene's are what's important. I would like to just slightly address the point about people standing around doing nothing. They stand around in the most preposterous way doing nothing. They stand around, they, ha- they clearly have access to everything in the world. They have a meeting at the base of the Eiffel Tower. They have meetings <laughs> in world famous <laughs> art galleries. They, 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 they find ways to stand around in the most preposterous <laughs> ways possible. So even that for me, that was,
1: great to me. was
2: not dull. Um, I, I, I would support the extra sequences. I would say on the video game point, apparently I only read this afterwards, that the, the sequence which is shot from above, so you see Moving through various rooms was actually inspired by video games so there's clearly a whole world of little references and inspirations that that not all of us are party to and there's there's probably other things that are going on in there as well but the the, henry's comment about it being the the best video game adaptation of of a video game that isn't there i think is not far short of the money um I think it will depend on your tolerance for two hours and 54 minutes. I then sat through the end credits, because there is an end credit sequence as well. Uh, And and I was regretting that life choice about halfway through the credits, because, of course, being a film that long with that much action, there's a lot of them. But, you know, it is inventive, it is humorous. Uh, You know, there's the the, the old classic John Wick nugget of two people in a fight, and then they just fall through a hole and drop (laughs) 30 feet. Uh, And so I was laughing out loud as much as I was exhilarated. Uh, And for me, uh, you know, if this does bring this series of films to to some kind of climax because it is trying to 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 really Give a feeling of, of of the sense of achieving a pinnacle in terms of these movies. Uh, yeah, the the final sequence, uh, the sort of final face-off is shot spectacular, and it, it uses the frame so well as well. Every inch of the widescreen frame is used in so many of these action sequences. Uh, you know, then then yeah, it's it's a fantastic achievement. Um, yeah, it just uh, I would suggest if you're going to watch them, do what my wife and I are doing with the Mission Impossible's, so and we're doing one a month up to <laughs> July just to try to ration yourselves. But uh, yeah, I, my hat off to Simon for. They're getting through them in a week, frankly.
1: Excellent. OK, so a little bit mixed there, but I th- I'm I'm still going to watch it. I am a fan of the John Wick films um, and, and I will be giving this a go. If you'd like to see it, John Wick Chapter 4 is currently showing in cinemas and it is a Certificate 15, I yes. believe. Yes, 15. So go and see it if you can.
0: Cambridge 105 Radio.
1: Saturday night on Cambridge 105 Radio is all about the soul.
3: Hi, this is Jamie Stocker. Join me here on Cambridge 105 Radio playing two hours of classic, rare and
0: new funk and soul, regular features and playing the very best in new music across the funk and soul
4: genres.
1: The Funk and Soul Show with Jamie Stocker, tonight at eight, right after Chris Brown on Cambridge 105 Radio.
2: Suicide can be prevented and we can all play our part. One question can save a life.
1: One friend in particular who had been really supportive and been trying to keep me going and keep making contact and keep making me talk and trying to keep me going, realised something was wrong and was trying to contact me.
2: Asking about suicide won't prompt someone to kill themselves. In fact, it will probably help. If you're worried about someone, would you ask directly about suicide?
1: I kind of got to the point, because of all the support that she'd given me, and I could see that, you know, she was desperately trying to get hold of me on my phone, that I did eventually answer her call.
2: Learn how to have a life-saving conversation at stopsuicidepledge.org. Make the pledge and sign up for a Stop Suicide training workshop. I'd ask, would you?
1: Nick Wohm's Professional Painting and Decorating Services is your local award-winning decorating business with
5: a great reputation. Our professional and friendly team can cover all aspects of decorating for domestic, commercial, and industrial properties. So whether it's a bedroom makeover or an entire office block that needs repainting, we'll get the job done on
1: budget and on time. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Nick Wohm's Professional Painting and Decorating Services to see pictures of our work or call us today
5: on 07794 516 291.
1: Cambridge 105 Radio Hello, you are listening to the Cambridge Film Show on Cambridge 105 Radio. Still to come, we've got reviews of films such as Infinity Pool, Murder Mystery 2 and Perfect Addiction. But first up, if you don't want to leave the comfort of your own home to watch one of the latest releases, we do have a range of films that can be watched from your surf sofa. And the first of these is Tetris, which is currently showing on Apple TV.
3: It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen.
1: I played for five minutes,
3: I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math all working in magical synchronicity, it's it's
0: the perfect game. Tetris. 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 Tetris.
3: Tetris. I don't get it. It's a combination of tetra, Greek for four, and tennis. Tennis. The Russian inventor, he likes tennis. Yeah. This game isn't just addictive. It stays with you. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity.
1: Hank, only 10 other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. Package it with Tetris. Can you get us the rights?
0: The Soviet Union
3: had worldwide rights. Nothing gets out easily. I'm going to go to Moscow.
0: You're walking into a country that still considers America enemy numero uno. Okie dokie. You sure you don't have to talk to your wife about this first? Pioneers have to bet the house to win.
1: But not
5: literally. Listen,
0: have you ever heard our apartment this quiet before?
1: That was the trailer for Tetris. Um, Taron Egerton stars as Henk Rogers, who discovers Tetris the game in 1988 and then risks everything by travelling to the Soviet Union, where he joins forces with inventor Alexei Pajnitov to bring the game to the masses. Based on a true story, Tetris is a film with double-crossing villains, unlikely heroes and a nail-biting race to the finish. Um, Stuart, I had a little look uh, about this film and it's directed by John S who directed stan and ollie which i think i went to see with you a few years ago and it was a big hit with both of us how did you find tetris
5: (laughs) how did i find tetris um it's a a big question um i i I can i can talk at length about tetris the, the film the experience the game um it's a game i grew up playing um when i was a kid i remember having the old gray brick game boy um, I traveled to, to Russia myself um, in, the, in the early 2000s with, on a six form college trip um, and and I'm just there's just so much about this film that just sort of re- reminded me of sort of sort of core cool memories of, of growing up that I really enjoyed um, I, I think Taryn Egerton's performance as Henk Rogers it's it's henk because he plays a, a, a Dutch American and um, he does a fantastic performance of playing um of henk who is the guy who originally got most of the licensing in from the russians um from the soviet union um i thought that there were some great performances from toby jones who plays robert stein who was kind of a slightly shiftier licensee of the tetris title he sort of you see in the film how he sort of handles it and doesn't handle it respectively um For me personally, one of my favourite performances in the film was uh, Roger Allen playing Robert Maxwell. Um, I don't know how many people out there or how many people in the panel know much about the history of Robert Maxwell. Uh, I knew tidbits, but I didn't know how directly involved he would have been with Tetris. Um, But I think his character was portrayed fantastically. But I also saw major similarities between his performance in this film to his playing one of the characters of the fire regime in V for Vendetta. Um, and I really enjoyed seeing that again. And again, he wears a lot of prosthesis in this to, to look more like Robert Maxwell did at the time. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I think just just for me, there were just so many points throughout this film. There was an excellent 80s soundtrack that I really appreciated. Um, there were lots of um, random pixel effects and little sort of cutaway infographics as it were and, and sort of title cards all in, in 90s, 80s pixels style that I really appreciated as well and it really just had some great contrast with the video game and my memories of playing the game and, and just the 80s in general and and it was just so full of the that, that sort of little 80s nuances and textures uh, well interweave with the story and it is a dramatised version of the history of course it's, there is a little it's been heavily dramatised as well it's not all 100 percent accurate to what actually happened but i i didn't matter i i really enjoyed this i was really excited about it when i saw that apple Apple tv were making this um and i would thoroughly encourage anyone who's ever played tetris who wants to learn more about the history of tetris go and see this movie uh, or, or, or watch it on apple tv i really enjoyed it
1: yeah just picking up on a couple of things you said there you said you know this is a, a heavily dramatized um version of the story of the kind of the story behind the game of tetris and you said it's not totally accurate to what happened simon i'm going to come to you because while the ads were playing i think you said the word propaganda and i just i'm interested to to know if you think that perhaps this film is too obviously pushing some kind of agenda here
0: it was just more the timing of it how you know trying to ignore it's impossible to ignore world situation um at the moment um but it came back to the 1980s it reminded me a lot of the 1980s films that came out a lot of which were praising the um you know the communist regime as evil um and the kgb um a lot of the times which they were so uh, you know it's not so much a criticism on there it was just an interesting timing how it, they you know it came out the film where the KGB and the Russians are the bad guys and, you know, the Americans shouldn't be doing business with them because this is what it's like. Um, but overall of that, the film, you know, I found quite interesting. Um, it wasn't as good or exciting and As I was hoping it to be. I think I wanted a bit more on the game's history and its impact, um, especially when I saw, you know, town Edgerton doing and what the trailers were. Um, I think the vast majority of the trailer they actually get over in the first five, ten minutes of the film. It's almost like a speed run of this is Tetris, this is why it's important. And the other 90 minutes of the film or so was um, all about trying to get the right contracts in the right place at the right time and doing business in shady rooms while being followed um, um, there is one quite good scene where they're trying to get the th- contract with three potential buyers at once and it's almost farcical um, the way they're running back and forth between the different rooms you know, trying to get the uh, signatures correct um, and the terminology um, and towards the end of it, it just seemed more more and more routine and probably more and more fictional whereas being chased in car chases mm-hmm. with 8-bit graphics in through the KGB street to get the last minute um, to get the final will the plane take off, will the plane not take off like which they made up in Argo and other films um, and it just seemed a bit bit more one of the mill, a bit like seen it all before um, which okay. was a bit of a shame because had potential and first half of it I thought I was living up there but then I, it just faded a bit for me
1: I mean, Mark, is there, is there something here for people who love the game Tetris? Is there a little bit of nostalgia? I think Stuart and Simon sort of touched on this.
2: Um, I think you get that nostalgia for a few minutes. Uh, I, I think, yeah, the, the film is not about what it is to play Tetris. I mean, I, I, I think... Yeah, I don't quite have that affinity with it because I was a, a Sega geek growing up rather than a, a Nintendo um, sure. other games consoles are available so it was, <laughs> it, was, it was columns for us I do know that my mother probably should have been treated for her addiction to columns, I ended up having to give her my Mega Drive at one point because she couldn't stop playing things she was playing it until the early hours of the morning and I'm getting knowing looks from around the room, at least from Stuart who's got his hand up of, of I think similar addictions
5: My, my anecdote is very similar I mean, it wasn't my mother, it was, a, it was a family friend so I got my game Boy, when I was well, I was very small, um, and it and it was around Christmas time, and I had a family friend who my parents especially had to tell her to give me my Game Boy back because she was playing Tetris and was playing for hours. And then there's a sequence in the film where they're talking about I played the game for five minutes and then I was seeing blocks in my dreams. She came back to us like a day later. I was playing that game in the pub the other day, and all I can think about is falling blocks, and it's, it's all the time, and it's it's weird how sort of just that sort of the simple mechanic of the game as it's referenced in the film, comes back in a lot of people's anecdotes and memories of the game in, like, simple things like putting the shopping on a conveyor belt at the shopping, uh, supermarket and stuff. But um, I think that's why I've got a lot of nostalgia for the film, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the film really sort of made me feel that again, and, and I enjoyed it all the more for that. So I think, yes, perhaps my, I've got a bit of a rose-tinted view of it, but... Um,
2: yeah, and I, th- I think you know it, it did tick those boxes. And you know, when they're talking about the the technical specs of the Game Boy, you know, the, the geeky little being could still tell you that, that I had my thirty-two K Acorn Electron in nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> uh was very satisfied by that. But you can't make a film of that. Yes. What they have made a film of is two hours of a contract dispute set in in rather. <laughs> wow grimy Russia Uh, and they've tried to make it as tense as possible in the end they give up and the climactic sequence is is, uh, set to a Russian version of holding out for a hero the the standard fallback cliche for these kind of films although not in Russian normally Uh, uh, so you know it is what it is I thought it was fine Uh, I had a reasonable time with it it never quite set the pulse racing Um, I'm a big fan of Taron Egerton he's he's, uh, doing the Taron Egerton thing in the same way that Chris Pine was doing the Chris Pine thing in Dungeons and Dragons Uh, he's just doing it with a a rather large 80s moustache You know, hats off to him for that but, I, yeah, I, it's not a film I'd, I'd rush back to in the same way that I would rush back to Tetris or Columns or any of those
3: other claims.
1: Thank you. And uh, we've got to move on, but I just... I Henry, you've seen this as well, haven't you? So final word from you, please. I just... I don't
3: know. I was surprised that it felt very silly to me. It kind of feels like a lot of the actors are all in very different films, where, like, you know, Taron Edgertons in this one film as charismatic leading man, and then, yeah, as Stu was saying, Roger Allen and kind of everyone playing one of the Maxwell family is just in this bizarre farce. Where they're all kind of like going, no, 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 it's just a, it's a pension's irregularity. A There's no money missing. And at one point, he kind of screams, Get me Tetris! And that was kind of the point where I was like, ach, all right, fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, well, if you do want to watch Tetris it, and you've got Apple TV, why not? It is, it is on there and it is a certificate 15
2: i believe it's also showing at the light in cambridge
1: thank you mark it's also showing at the light if you'd like to watch it on the big screen there we go so um that was tetris and next up we are going to something quite different with infinity pool i don't understand why we're doing this we barely know these people it's
4: one day let's mix things up a bit
1: yeah. you're just happy you found your fan club I've been reading six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? You married Richard. Oh. <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration.
4: Mr. James Foster, you have to come with us.
3: Here, the
0: punishment for any crime committed is death.
1: That's the trailer for Infinity Pool. While staying at an isolated island resort, James, played by Alexander Skarsgård, and M, played by Cleopatra Coleman, are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff and soaking up the sun. But guided by the seductive and mysterious Gabby, played by Mia Goth, they venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism and untold horror. A tragic accident leaves them facing a zero-tolerance policy for crime. Either you'll be executed, or, if you're rich enough to afford it, you can watch yourself die instead. Um... Henry, this is billed as, as a horror film. I I know next to nothing about this other than what I've just read. But it is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg. Um, what can you tell us about this? Is it is it scary? Is it... What can we expect?
3: I don't know. It kind of... It's, it's interesting. I feel like films like this often get branded horror films because it comes out and we don't really know what else to do with it. There is a lot of horrific imagery going on, but there's also a lot of very interesting themes. And there's also a lot of, like, comedy going on. Um, it's it's a very hard film to talk about because it is so inherently cinematic. It's just this, like, swirling maelstrom of, like, themes and fluids and fetishes all kind of, like, existing on screen in this very peculiar package. And there are things in this package that you will be shocked that you have seen in a, in a major feature film um, okay. to the point where there are, like these montage sequences um, that are uh, reminiscent of, like, stuff I did at, at uni, where it's, like, this is, like, the kind of experimental work of Stan Brackage or something. And it's here on a feature film. This stuff all means that this is a very hard film to recommend, um, and also to talk about on the radio, because there's not a lot of stuff in this film that I think we can really say before the watershed. Um <laughs> it's it's the kind of film where yeah if you like this sort of thing great check it out like if you saw possessor and you loved the kind of like weird fleshy you know world that brandon cronenberg has inherited from his father then like yeah go and watch this if you have any like doubts about going to see it i would you know i would maybe caution you against it but like god there's this this kind of energy between Alexander Skarsgard and Mia Goff. They're both such great actors, because Skarsgard is this he has this hulking physique, but he has this silliness to him. And every time we like cover a film with him on the show, we always point out his IMDB photo, which is him. I was top, just
1: about to say.
3: Top half is a suit, bottom half nothing. He is this like silly little guy, and that's what he does in this film. He's this like this big hulking man who's an absolute wimp. And Mia Goff kind of like Gets to flip flop between this, like, yeah, this ooh sinister dark seductress, and then this, like, screaming sexy baby. I like it's a mess. It's a real, real mess. I had a blast.
1: <laughs> okay, I mean, colour me intrigued. Um, Simon, mm-hmm. I'll I'll come to you next. Just from what I've been reading before we've we've talked about this today, is is that is Cronenberg trying to be a bit satirical here with with some kind of, or is it what? Yeah.
0: Oh there's lots of satire in here, yeah. um, he's questioning privilege and you know rich people while setting it in the kind of world which is the uh, dystopian police state where anything can happen which you get in the kind of like you know the Russian novels or the films like The Double or things like that so you, you recognise a lot of the components in here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean Henry was saying it's difficult to explain how to describe it and I I think lately i picked up and called it it's like extreme cinema uh, which is, you know, it's extreme. You will see things that will challenge you. But it's in, not in, in necessarily sense of violence, power. Or... No, everything. You know, either sex, violence, ideas, you know, just the ideas a lot of the time. Right. Um, but this is the same thing like Michael Haneke, which is quite popular. And okay. Last One Trier. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like people who are quite happy to experiment. It's not going to be your nine o'clock multiplex crowd going to see this. Yeah. Um, But people who, you know, enjoy that, you can come to see this film and, I mean, collectors are short. I absolutely loved it. Okay. (laughs) Um, Again, last week I was praising Mia Goth in Pearl and, like I said, X, again, a horror film which is more the extreme side. Um, She was absolutely amazing and here, a week later, again, absolutely fantastic mesmerizing presence as you said she she twists and turns you don't know what she's going to be doing next and everything but she gives 100 percent to all of her performances and most i don't think most actresses could carry off what she does um the the whole idea is between what you can and can't do if you have these certain privileges will you indulge in them or not a lot of the questions that are being asked by this film um we were just talking earlier I don't know how much when I'm going to spoil I try and avoid as much as possible when I go into these films yeah. and suddenly the twists in here which you, you kind of touched on my jaw dropped and then suddenly I'm sitting there and it's like all the philosophical and ethical considerations about that kind of world and how it applies to here was just spinning through my mind um, so pretty much it's the kind of thing you don't forget it does stick with you. you do want to think about it Yeah, and if you're happy to go into these things, realise you're not going to enjoy stuff necessarily, or you know, go for it because it's great.
1: Okay, so this to me sounds like a film that's quite an experience going to watch this, but it's something that will also challenge you as a viewer. Mark, how did you find it?
2: I mean, I don't know a huge amount to add to what uh, Henry and and Simon have said because I think we're all three of us uh, big fans of this. Um, I will say that, you know, I was... uh, She's going to get two mentions in today's show because my mother, God rest her soul, showed me The Fly when I was 12. (laughs) (laughs) When I was 12, ladies and gentlemen. And... (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I, we had to turn it off after 20 minutes because I was traumatised, but then I watched it to the end and David Cronenberg is still in my top three all-time directors. And it's interesting to see that Brandon Cronenberg is, is fulfilling his legacy from his father but starting to push in slightly different directions. You do get a slightly different tone, a slightly different vibe from, from his films. He's not quite as... as emphasising the, the body horror sometimes. He's more interested, actually, what's going on in the mind, but that's not to say there aren't physical horrors as well. Uh, but, you know, he's putting together good casts. I should say Alexander Skargard hasn't got any, any rudeness. Uh, he is just showing his legs in the bottom <laughs> of that photo, just for absolute clarity. Uh, Mia Goth is a horror icon for the 21st century, and I look forward to seeing what else she does next. Uh, but I look forward to seeing what Brandon Cronenberg does next as well. I don't think he's quite reached the peak of his father yet, but I feel he has it in him.
1: I am going to say, there's still time. There's still plenty of time there. Oh, yeah. All right, so that was... the that was infinity pool and it is a certificate 15 18 18,
2: 18. <laughs> 18. oh yes oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely 18. why did i
1: say 15 <laughs> it's an
2: 18 yeah. nearer 21 i think <laughs> <laughs> Certificate eighteen. the cambridge film show on cambridge 105 radio
1: This is the Cambridge Film Show on Cambridge 105 Radio. Now, we've just got time to squeeze in two films that you can see, again, from the comfort of your very own sofa. Let's get on with it. First up, we've got Murder Mystery 2.
0: Bonjour.
5: Yo, Raja. Yali, the Maharaja is getting married. What? This
3: weekend, I'm on New private Island, and I want you to come. Honey, do you remember what happened last time we were on a getaway? Yeah, some people died. Not so, a, lot, a lot of people. You think five people dying's a lot? OK. Nick <laughs> Oh, my god! Have you ever seen anything like this? A gift box. Earrings? Oh. My phone. Those are going
2: to get you in trouble. You promise? Oh. <laughs>
1: So, this is the sequel to the Netflix film Murder Mystery. Murder Mystery 2 has Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler return as Audrey and Nick Spitz, who are now private detectives launching their own agency and find themselves at the centre of an international abduction when their friend, the Maharaja, is kidnapped at his own lavish wedding. Um, Matt, I, I barely remember the first murder mystery. I can't remember anything that happened in it. Um... But obviously it's got two big names here in terms of Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. Does it rely a little bit too much on that star power? I I think
2: that
4: Well, it's a, it's another Adam Sandler Netflix movie. I mean, as Will Smith famously said, don't hate the player, hate the game. Adam Sandler's managed to get another nice holiday paid for. First they're off to a tropical island, then they get bored of that and they just go to Paris, hang about there for a bit. Uh, I thought this film was was pretty awful i mean it's it's such a solid two star movie that my my pulse rate just dropped. <laughs> Uh, it did raise briefly when Mark Strong just emerged from the ocean uh, to kind of raise oh, nice. my interest level. <laughs> but uh, then it swiftly returns to Flatline. Uh, I I really don't like Jennifer Aniston as a sympathetic lead. I think she's got a really kind of negative energy that needs to be harnessed in, in something like The Morning Show or even Horrible Bosses. Or oh, no, Office, that Office Christmas Party. Oh, she's in both those. Uh, I don't. I don't buy her as a sympathetic lead. Adam Sandler's doing his Adam Sandler thing. A couple of his line deliveries are funny. He keeps talking about how much he likes the expensive cheese. Uh, I imagine that was that was just him <laughs> gen- genuinely eating the expensive cheese he's been given. But uh, avoid this film. Stop watching it, and he'll stop getting to do it.
1: Oh, okay, Simon. I mean, you're laughing, but I mean, it seems quite formulaic. Probably film. laughing
0: more than I was during the film. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's a bit harsh. I mean, I saw Murder Mystery 1 at the beginning of the week just because I hadn't seen it and I was going to watch the sequel. And like you, I think I'd already forgotten anything that happened in it by the time I watched the sequel. Um, it's okay. I thought it was quite harmless. It was fun. Some of Adam Sanders' line funnies. Lines are quite funny. Um, I did laugh every now and then, a chuckle. You're going to forget it next week. Uh, Mark Strong was hamming up. But yeah, I mean, Adam Sandler's admitted he does it for the holiday. But if you can get other people to pay for you to go around to get you and your friends to go to far, really nice islands and countries and get paid for it, why not? So good on him. Um, well, there if you've go. I mean, you got, review... you got an hour and a bit to spare, yeah, it's It was funny.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, it, I mean, I'm, I might still give it a go because I have I have seen the first one. Yeah, and I, um,
0: I, it's I not the worst film I've seen this week. Okay. <laughs> I,
4: I think what's really frustrating about this is that Adam Sandler can do better. He's he's shown on a few occasions that he does know what a good movie is.
1: He does. So yeah. yeah. Uncut gems. Uncut
4: gems. Or, you know, I'm punch, um, punch Drunk on, love, punch
1: love. love. Brilliant. So and even Rain
4: Rain Over Me. I mean, he he is a good actor and can be in good films, but he just wants a holiday.
1: Let him have his holiday. (laughs) Just let him have his holiday. There we go. So that is Murder Mystery 2, um, which you could watch on uh, Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got one more film that we're gonna squeeze in really quickly. This is Perfect Addiction. We were a perfect team. I was riding the high. (laughs) For the first time,
5: I was happy, but we all know that doesn't last.
1: Sleeping with my little sister is an act of war. How do you know him? That's my ex. Then he may have just met his match.
5: The
2: joke's on Okay, what are you offering?
1: I'm the only one who
5: can help you beat Jackson.
1: This is your new guy?
5: I'm training him to break you.
1: She's mine. Always will be, right? Hey!
2: It's like I'm addicted to
1: you. <laughs> I made a mistake. You. that's the trailer for perfect addiction which is currently showing on amazon prime when a successful mma trainer discovers that her boyfriend the reigning champion has been cheating on her she sets out to get revenge by training the one man capable of dethroning him his arch nemesis what begins as payback quickly turns into a complicated and steamy love triangle how complicated and steamy was this henry
3: oh Yossi! <laughs> oh if i uh, had a, a dollar for how complicated and steamy this was i would not have a dollar <laughs> uh,
5: just...
3: <laughs> the thing is from that like from the trailer and from the setup you can plot out every single little beat of the film where it's like oh well he cheats on her and then she's gonna get with him and they're like no we got our boundaries and then by the end maybe they've got slightly less boundaries than they had before it is so, like, rote and formulaic. And I know, like, I've done my time in the YA trenches and in the kind of, like, uh, the the softcore kind of fantasy fulfilment type films. But this is, like, this isn't as well done as Twilight. This isn't as, like, interesting as, like, Fifty Shades. It's not as broken as 365 Days. This is this kind of, like, odd mess of, like, why does this exist? And I do, like... I get it. It's about, like, kind of control and about empowerment and about, like, being wanted and getting to kind of, like, design your path. But I just couldn't understand why this existed. Like, it's just for kind of people who flick through and they're like, ah, it's him from 13 Reasons Why. Ah, it's her from Fear Street. I'll put that on. And, like, you can't really blame the cast. They don't have a lot to work with and they're all in good shape. They're all very attractive humans. Good for them. But just... I got nothing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's based on a novel by Claudia Tan, and, and I think that there is, there will be people that might have read the book and be interested in this. I think it's fair to say that the the people who've watched it, Henry, Matt, Simon, me, we are not the target audience no. for no. this film. So, Matt, what was your take on it?
4: Well, I'm going to be more positive than anyone else because I think you know, the reason you watch films is to have a good time, and I had a good time watching this. Does it matter whether you're laughing at it or with it? I was definitely laughing at it. I mean, when you've got dialogue like, oh, I'm sorry, babe, I I didn't mean to sleep with your sister. (laughs) It was a mistake. Uh, and she responds with, forgetting to pick up milk is a mistake, sleeping with my sister is an act of war. You, you, that's the level we're at here. And it's just funny. Like, I was laughing a lot more at this than murder mystery. And I'd certainly rather sit through this again than John Wick 4. Ooh. You know, it's it's an unusual combination. Sports movie mixed with romance. I'm a big fan of montage-based storytelling. And I- <laughs>
1: And there is plenty of yeah. that in this. Okay, so I enjoyed
0: it, but it is terrible.
1: Okay. Enjoyed it, but terrible. Simon?
0: I'm sure we're going to alienate all the fan fiction readers here, but to say it was a book is stretching a little bit. <laughs> it was based on a, a story written on Wattpad, which is a fan fiction site. So you get 100 people reading it when they're bored and anybody can write it. It's got zero quality of writing it and for some reason this got picked into made in a film you can tell it's based on a book because with the voiceover it sounds like it's read by audible um and worse than that it actually sounds like it's read by audible by alexa because that is about the amount of emotion put into the uh voiceover um it's the opposite of don't tell you know show don't tell it's so little in there. You know, they're have to have got the actress voice over the entire film just because otherwise it makes no sense.
1: OK, well, look, I mean, if you want to watch it, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. That is the film Perfect Addiction. And I'm afraid, everyone, we are right out of time now. Thank you very, very much, team. It's been really fun doing this show with you today. Our next show will be on Saturday the 15th of April, so join us then at noon and we will be covering, I'm sure probably the Mario film then I think that's out before then?
2: Uh, Air as well is out before then.
1: And Air, there we go, perfect thank you very much for listening, goodbye Bye. Bye. Bye The Cambridge Film Show on Cambridge 105 Radio